This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Church Society podcast. I'm Lee Gatiss, I'm the Director of Church Society and I'm joined today by Regional Director for Church Society in the South Southwest, Chris Moore, who's also a vicar in Hereford Diocese. How are you doing today, Chris? Very windy today as we're recording. It is indeed. We're in the midst of Storm Eunice, isn't it? I think Dudley has passed and Eunice has come. No, we're we're okay here. We've got bits of uh, sort of things floating around the garden, but by and large, I think we we haven't lost any trees or any spires or anything concerning like that. As I look out, I can still see the spire on my church. I'm glad to hear it. The storm is named after one of the... um one of Timothy's relatives in the in the book of Two Timothy, Eunice is mentioned as uh, is it his mother or his grandmother. I can't remember. You'll have to look it up, readers. Eunice uh, but, and Lois, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Eunice is uh, is uh, tearing through the land as we record today, um, and that's why we're turning to prayer because when that sort of thing happens, we often pray uh, that uh, we'll be kept safe in the shadow of God's wings and so on. Uh, But generally, we're going to talk about prayer today. We talked in a previous podcast about reading the Bible, so talking about prayer seems to be a good natural follow-up. And Chris, I was wondering, are there sort of particular places or routines that you have when it comes to prayer um, anything like a particular place that you go or a particular thing you do, lighting a candle or something, uh, do you do that sort of thing? I kind of played around with some of these for, for quite a while. I, I was, I used to, when I was living in Cheltenham, I was in Baptist ministry in Cheltenham, and at the back of the manse, uh, a manse is like a slightly run-down version of a vicarage, the, um, <laughs> the back of the garden at the manse, that we, I had a shed which I would faithfully go to to pray. I mean, part of that was the fact that I've also got five sons, and so you want to have somewhere where you're not going to be sort of disturbed all the time. Mm. Um, I've tried that. I've tried uh, going into the church and praying. You know, I've got the keys to the church, so I can go into there to pray. Mm. Uh, my wife Mary and I, most mornings, will will go on a a brisk, improving walk up one of the hills near us. We're in. Uh, there's fifty kilometres of footpaths in the parish that we live in. Uh, it's in the Y Valley and it's beautiful. So we go up and we'll often sit on a stile overlooking towards the Brecon Beacons over into Wales. And and that's a great place to play because you can't help but be in awe of the glory of God that you can see before you. And because it's Herefordshire and nobody lives here, it's not been wrecked by humans building buildings. So <laughs> I've tried those things. And then sometimes just even a chair... Um, I, there's the chair I often sit in, and, and next to that I've got the Bible. Next to that I tend to use the, the Book of Common Prayer if I'm using liturgy. I've got a prayer book there, and then I've got a, like a little list of people. So I have got places, but the fact that I've just listed half a dozen probably shows that none of them have worked particularly well. But anyway, yes, I've tried. Well, you don't have to be in a particular place. So some people think you have to go to the church in order to pray, and and that's why the pandemic closing churches was such a disaster, because you can't go into the church building. But of course we can pray anywhere, which is such a great thrill, isn't it? In Christ and uh, through faith in him, Mm. we can approach God with freedom and confidence, as Ephesians 3 tells us. Um, we can do that anywhere we are, 
um, and worship God in spirit and in truth, not just in one particular place, but but anywhere we are. But it is sometimes good, isn't it? That a particular uh, part of the house or a particular routine we might get into, go into your study in the morning, close the door, um, sit down or kneel down and, and pray. Do you kneel? Do you kneel when you pray sometimes? No, I don't. I was talking about this with Mary just the other day. I don't. But I think there is actually something to be said for posture. I mean, we are embodied people. It's not as if we've got some duality of body and spirit. Um, But we are sort of, we're integral together. And I think that kneeling isn't a bad thing to do. And certainly when I kneel, I do kneel to pray when I'm leading services in church, that there is a, a sense of humility there or you know raising hands in prayer in the good old-fashioned old testament pattern there is i think there is something to be said for that actually and i wonder whether sometimes one timothy too not just the old testament tells us to lift up holy hands in prayer does it not indeed indeed it does and i think sometimes maybe we get a bit scared off this by those anglo-catholics crossing themselves thinking oh we mustn't be like that and so we mustn't use our bodies and postures in prayer But, but nonetheless as you say good biblical principle that's a, that's a very good point. We're often we often swing the pendulum too far in the other direction with things. We we object to swing the thoroughly too far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite. We don't want to swing one of those at all, probably. But uh, yes, exactly. So we mustn't overreact to what other people do that we don't think is helpful by by completely ignoring things that the Bible might actually say are, are good things. Are good things. So uh, posture in prayer um, is mm. a thing to consider. What about? things like liturgy um, or a prayer book, as opposed to just praying an extempore off the top of your head from the heart sort of prayer. Do you you have a preference for those? Is it an either or for you? Or what do you think we should think about liturgy versus extempore prayer? I think that I've grown to appreciate liturgy more. I think I've grown to appreciate liturgy because it's, I mean, it has to be good liturgy, I have to say. I know there's plenty of kind of quite touchy-feely rubbish stuff out there as well. But I think oh, if you where do we liturgy, find that? And I, I, Where's that, Chris? Where's the touchy-feely I, rubbish stuff? I couldn't possibly comment. Okay, fair and, enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's a quite a bit of stuff I've read where it's kind of um, prayers very much focus on yourself that's what i'm kind of meaning and it's mm. kind of you pray mm. for yourself in this encircle me lord with this and and open my and it's and yes we, we should pray for ourselves that's part of what we do but equally i think our prayers are focusing on the person of god i mean the lord's prayer begins our father who art in heaven so we start there so i find the liturgies and i tend to use the book of common prayer uh, i've got two of my four parishes of prayer book parishes really and I find it helpful because it causes me to, it's got a heft and a weight. It makes me repent. It makes me think of my sin. It it makes me uh, realise I'm coming before a holy almighty God. I'm not just kind of siding up to my my mate with a list of some things I'd like him to do. But it kind of gives me a perspective. So I have come actually to appreciate liturgy a lot more than I ever thought I would do particularly when at one stage I was an elder of a sort of um, chandelier swigging charismatic Baptist church when obviously <laughs> liturgy was something there just to quench the spirit. But I've obviously <laughs> got old and stayed an Anglican now and quite enjoying my prayer book. What about you, Lee? Do you have any particular patterns well, on that? I way? like a nice mixture. So there'll be times when I will use, um, say, the set lectionary for the day. I'll be reading whatever the lectionary tells me to read. Um, and then I'll be praying t- today's collect for example. And I do love that. I love being able to do that. I know I'm praying the same prayer as Anglicans around the world. 
um, and non-Anglicans in some places would use those too. And that I find is a helpful thing. A collect is only 30 seconds of prayer, but it's been thoughtfully put together. I find that is an edifying way to pray um, if you do it from the heart and not just churning it out. I find saying the Lord's Prayer is actually a form of liturgy, isn't it? It's not something I'm making up as I go along, but actually praying thoughtfully through the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes I pray that just straight off. Um, other times I might go through it clause by clause and that prompts further prayers on each clause. And that is a way to give me a, a structure um, an outline, a framework for my time of prayer. I noticed when you uh, said the Lord's Prayer just now, you did it automatically in the old version, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's because your course, heart had is I been... in 1662, probably. <laughs> well, it is, although 1662 is Our Father which art in heaven, isn't it? Ah, but, yeah, uh, right. oh, you see. So, but uh, no, I, I think there is something there. I, I mean, I'm not quite a a person who prays with these and thous, uh, and I've certainly been in churches where that has been the practice. But uh, but and no, people will often pray extempore prayers with these and thous in some places exactly. too. They think that that's the way you that's have exactly to address that. God, or that they always have. Yes, you sort of channel the AV when you when you pray uh, when you pray. The other thing which I have done, I used to do for quite some time. I'm going to confess now to a very unprotestant thing, so you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> but I, I used to spend a fair amount of time in in a monastery. Um, just on sort of retreats or on, on just for the odd day. And I, for a while, I carried on the pattern of using the monastic pattern of what they call the little offices. These are the short five, ten minute services during the day. So at nine, at twelve and at three. Yes. And basically what they are is, is a few, the Psalms of Ascent towards the end of the Psalter, there were just four, three or four of those with a collect and a couple of responses. So they're quite straightforward. But that actually was quite interesting because as I did that, and it's, you know, when I had more freedom to create my own routines, I suppose, it was almost as if you were, you had a kind of a day of prayer, which has been punctuated by you doing other things, rather than having a day where you're just doing other things. And if you can remember, you go and pray. And it kind of swapped the kind of focus of things. And I found that mm. quite useful. I used to use the old um, pre, yes, the old pre-Vatican II a Benedictine right? How about oh, that? Oh my goodness! But obviously, making sure I didn't say anything <laughs> sort of dodgy about Mary or other things. But nonetheless, you know. Right. But, so you wouldn't pray the Hail think, Mary? Okay, well that's encouraging. To know. Not not in front of you, Lee. No. <laughs> <laughs> I find it quite helpful um, to use the engage with us online um, feed that comes from the Church of England. So there's a there are daily services, short um, services with um, some psalms readings. Um, and liturgy, liturgical prayers, you know, the the, um, the Lord's Prayer and so on, that the Church of England puts out every single day, morning and evening. Um, and and I, I do like using those. You can use those in the car. You could use it in your study uh, or by your bed. Um, and that's praying with somebody else who's praying through the service. You can pray with them. If it's just having it on in the background, that's not really engaging me in prayer. But if I if I have it on and deliberately sit down, right, I'm just going to think about this now and join in that that short service. That can be a nice liturgical way to pray. On, on another, on the sort of extempore side, we like to pray before meals always, uh, even if yep. it's short and maybe perfunctory. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Thank you for giving us a nice day and for this nice food, something like that, you know. Um, we, we always like to punctuate the day with that. I try to pray when I sit down to do my work 
right, Lord, please help me to do this work now. Uh, please help me with these difficult emails I've got to write uh, or these phone calls I've got to make. And that sort of arrow prayer, that, that has uh, some precedent in the Bible. Was it Nehemiah who mm. prayed that quick prayer as he went before the governor to, uh, uh, to, to talk about uh, something? Quickly pray to God and uh, see see if you can uh, then get down to your work. So that kind of extempore prayer is good too. What about those more sort of set times of prayer when you're wanting to pray for lots of things? Maybe, maybe whenever you see people or talk to people during the day, you're saying to them, I'll pray about that, or I'll pray for you, or you get the Church Society um, magazine Crossway and you find in there, there's a list, a prayer, prayer diary, uh, or you might see that on Prayer Mate or uh, Twitter or Facebook. We put out a daily prayer request. Do you have like long lists of things like that that you have to pray for? Individuals, organisations you want to support, people, things about yourself? Prayer lists. Yeah, there are. I mean, I I have to say, when I, I make it my practice that when I say, I'll pray for you, that as soon as I can... I pray for that person so, mm. so I don't forget, and which sounds like a terrible thing to say. But often people will say this is you're kind of, you're standing at the door after service at church. You haven't got a pen and paper with you. There's a whole load of people coming uh, through. And sometimes I have to, I've, I've said to them, well, well, we'll pray now. And I'll pray for somebody then. And that, that could be quite yeah. powerful, actually praying for somebody as they leave the, the building. But I do then, uh, when I get back or when I can sort of get the phone or something, I will make a, a, a list and I've, I've got a very complicated system, which I've kind of been uh, sorting out. But I've got basically um, over a four-week cycle, I've got loads of small kind of index cards things. Oh. So I've got sort of Monday week one, Tuesday week one, whatever. And I've got on those a list of names so that over the course of a month or four weeks at least, I'm praying for everybody. I pray for everybody in my our kind of... I suppose what the Church of England would call our worshipping community, but those mm-hmm. people who are connected to us as a church who worship uh, and other things on that as well. So that gives me probably each day, as I'm looking at them now, probably about eight things a day that I'm praying for. But then you times that by 28, and that gives you the number of things that are going through. And I find, if I'm quite methodical with this, it works well. And I also pinched from Tim Chalice, the, the reformed blogger. Oh, yeah. Tim Chalice, yes. That's it, old Chaddy's it. Ages ago, he put something up on his blog, which you can search out, looking at the the, uh, qualifications for for eldership and deacons in the partial epistles. And he put a number of uh, topics of prayer there based upon those for character. So each day I try and pray for a different aspect of my ministerial character as well. So I'm praying for other people, but also praying that I would grow in my ministry and and be a a better representative, you know, of, of... Christ in the congregations in that sense of you know, mm. preaching and, and the other things that you do. So I do those sorts of things at particular anniversaries. I will try and, and pray for things. I mean, it's. I think in the end, if I don't get um, intentional with these things and actually have lists and, and patterns and rotors or maybe things picking up on my electronic diary or whatever it is, it doesn't happen. I've, I've got to be intentional yes. writing these things down. Yes, I, I think I, I'm the same on that. So I often write things into my diary if i'm on the phone with somebody and i say i'll pray for that when is that happening that event you're asking me to pray about i'll open my diary i'll quickly type in pray for x on this day because such yeah. such and such is happening um and that might 
not just be a prompt to me to pray, but to also maybe send them a quick email on the day uh, to say, I've been praying yeah. for you. I uh, hope it goes well today. Let me know. Or, you know, after the fact, I can phone them and whatever. So, yeah, actually diarising things can be very helpful. I do like Prayer Mate, the app, which is extremely helpful for keeping... Mm. It's like an index card sort of system as well. Um, I have all the same sorts of lists as you about character and organisations and individuals and things like that, family. Um, but also I have a naughty list. I have a naughty list, uh-huh. a, a list of people who really annoy me. Um, and yes. I pray, I try and pray for those people. Um, pray for your enemies. Because yeah. that's what Jesus told us to do. Um, yeah. Are you imagining uh, pouring burning coals on their laps as you do so? I suppose so. (laughs) Uh, Isn't it on their heads? But yes, that's right. Yes. Um, Yeah, it's a bit like Sandra. I have a naughty list and a nice list. But uh, if you're you're on my naughty list, that means I pray for you. Um, And that's a good way to remind me that I'm probably on somebody else's naughty list too. I hope they pray for me uh, if I am. (laughs) I think also, I don't know whether this is true or not, but in my experience... I've often found that if I'm praying for people, it does affect the way that I view them, the way that I feel about them. They become less a kind of impersonal yes. enemy and a kind of caricature and more actually somebody else for whom I'm praying who may or may not be a, a fellow Christian, you know, depends on the kind of you know, sphere that uh, you're, you're praying about. But nonetheless, it does make them more human and reminds you this is somebody that created you know this is this is somebody that god cares about this is somebody who's not outside of the uh, scope of you know, the call to salvation so prayer actually affects how you think about things it's not just you yeah. talk i mean talking to god is what it's all about really your, your prayer is talking to god uh bringing things that you're worried about and concerned about to him but actually as you're doing that it is doing something to you as well isn't it it's changing you um just yeah. the mere act of doing that yeah, I think how, I think it's absolutely true. How how do you stop it being stale and repetitive? So it's it's easy, isn't it, when you've been doing this for many many years, um, to just go off it and to think, oh, what's the point? Or oh, this again? Or um, oh, it's just becoming repetitive, and I know it's not supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to be more engaged with this. Um, how, how do you stop it, therefore, being being stale and just feeling like a routine you've got to get through? Do you have a, any tips on that? There's a question. I think um, at times I've used different uh, lit- liturgies, so it's sounding very Anglican again, but in terms of different patterns, I, I've went through a, 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 for a, a while using uh, the Eastern Orthodox uh, services of morning and evening prayer, matins and, and vespers, uh, which, were, by, yeah, which, were, which is something different. Uh, I've used prayer book. I've used common worship. So, so there's one thing I do if I'm if I'm sort of using liturgical resources, I might just sort of switch them up a bit and use different ones that are out there. And there there seems to be loads of people that have put out various versions of various things. Other times, I've tried not to say, "Well, I'm not going to use liturgy now because I'm just becoming repetitive on that and babbling on like a pagan." Mm. So what I'll do is I might pray through perhaps the opening prayers of Paul's epistles. So I might yes. pray through the opening of Colossians or I might pray through a psalm. That, that's quite a rich thing to do uh, and just allow that to guide my prayer. And the great thing about praying through the psalms, of course, is it gives you permission to complain, which sometimes <laughs> you might feel a bit guilty about. But you know, the psalms, they, the, the laments are there. And so I think 
that's that's been very helpful just using the scripture itself as a way to guide you in your prayers and inevitably that means your prayers are going to obviously going to be more biblical but it inevitably though it gets you out of the kind of the rut you know there's loads of um fields around here with gates for the tractors to go in and there's great big ruts where they go in and it's ever so hard to get out of those ruts and i think there is that just those kinds of things can help yeah sometimes just coming out of your usual routine for a bit can remind you that you actually have an appetite for prayer as a, a christian so if you always pray first thing in the morning um what would happen if you skipped that one day? Well, I found that you probably would later on in the day just feel you have to turn aside for 10 minutes and pray because you miss it. There's an appetite, a thirst that we have to to come to God. Uh, I know uh, there's a, a theologian I know here in Cambridge who who is generally the kind of guy who, who prays through morning and evening prayer in the Book of Common Prayer every day. Uh, he told me that once he came home from a meeting so late that um, I think it was he, he forgot to do it or he just went straight to bed. And he actually woke up in the middle of the night because he couldn't <laughs> sleep properly um, because he needed to pray. So His know, darkness had not of, been lightened. That's right, his <laughs> darkness had not been lightened. He had to wake up. That's an allusion to the uh, prayer in the uh, evening evening prayer in the Book of Common Prayer for some of our listeners who may not know that. Uh, yeah, so he, he had that appetite, that thirst to, to pray. And I think if you mix, mix it up a bit, try different things, you will find that you won't be able to go long. Um, without I also find, somehow. I, I, yeah, I found it helpful as well. Other kind of routine, you pick things up from other people. You hear people, well, hopefully, as we're talking, is being useful to somebody. But you hear people talking about it and you pick up ideas. So for a while, I, I would make sure I'd, I just drove with the radio off in the car or you know, not playing a podcast or something, just in silence. And I would use that time to pray. And I'd pray as I'm driving, you know, around my patch, going into Hereford or something. You're driving past people's houses and you pray for them as you go past yes. their house. Mm. I, I know somebody else who made it their practice always, when they looked at their watch and it was between 5-2 uh, and 5 past, they prayed. It was just their kind of habit, which is an interesting way to try and sort of mm. shoehorn prayer, I suppose, into the day. I know somebody else who, whenever uh, he heard a, a church bell ring, because they do, well, ours all chime during the day. So use that as a prompt. And I think sometimes these other ways of just, of course, I mean, you said earlier, God's everywhere, which of course he is, but it's reminding ourselves of the fact that God is everywhere. In fact, I used to, when I was lecturing down in Bristol, I used to um, have an alarm that went off on my calendar. So I've got a, a laptop and on there was set to go, and this is when I was using these monastic offices of Ter Sexton Known, uh, the alarm would go off to remind me to say it because the rest of the time I was doing my research and so really my time was my own. I'd forgotten to turn it off. Half And to the great joy of the uh, the students, <laughs> halfway through the service, uh, sorry, through the lecture, up came up onto the screen on the projector a box that said sext. And quite what they made of that, who knows? I know it's the sixth hour, but yes, they, maybe they didn't. Course. Well, you, you can set all kinds of alarms nowadays, can't you? Do not disturb alarms or... Um, an alarm for an event or something happening on your phone, set it to pray, mm. to remind yourself to pray. My um, I, my father bought me a uh, an Apple Watch many years ago oh, and it started coming up with this thing called Breathe so that every so often mm. it comes up and says Breathe. Um, it's a sort of mindfulness thing, I think. And rather than going along with mindfulness and all that, I just said, well, I'm a Christian. The breathing means praying. So whenever my watch just suddenly pops up and says Breathe, I thought, yeah, that means it's time to pray. So I would just stop and pray. Um, 
Or if I'm just talking to someone, I say, well, I'll pause right now and I'll pray for that thing right now. Um, that's a good way of stopping prayer feeling like it's something I have to add to a list and a to-do list because mm. to-do lists are, are always a bit oppressive and demanding and can lead to all sorts of you know depression and feelings of failure <laughs> and inadequacy yeah. I don't want my prayer life to feel like that I want to I want to feel joy in talking to God about things so sometimes just doing it in the immediacy of the moment is good what about um what about some resources that we can uh, recommend to people think or not recommend if there's things you want to say are bad but uh, resources <laughs> to sort of warm up your prayers get you going get you started what sort of things have you used um there's a book i came across not that long ago which i found tremendously good who does it christian heritage which is part of christian focus they they print a version but it's an old book it's called the hidden life of prayer and it's by um, a chap called David McIntyre, who was principal of the Bible Training Institute in Glasgow from mm. 1913. So it's about 100 years oh. old. You can get it for free as an ebook online if you find it. But if you want to support the good people at Christian Focus, then buy a copy. That, that's very good. It's very thin. It's only about, I don't know, 85 pages. Uh, and the print's quite big, 100 pages, 120 pages. But the what is it? Is it a book read. of prayers itself or a book about no, prayer? No, it's a book about prayer. Uh, but it's kind of written in a very prayerful way and a very warming way. I find a lot of stuff written uh, written nowadays as I reach my 52nd year, I find that things written nowadays often can be a bit cold or a bit sort of how-to-ish, mm. whereas a lot of the earlier writers were much warmer and they would say, you'd find written in them, oh, Christian, if you would only... You know, it's much more kind of personal. <laughs> I love Victoriana. It gets me going. So that I'm, I was well pleased with that. The yes. other two things I've found have been useful when I, I just feel dry, whether because I'm just tired and I'm run down and I need a holiday or you just get dry. And I know loads of people use this, but it's still very good. The Valley of Vision Yay. is the banner of truth put out, which is written by an Anglican or compiled rather by an a Anglican. A church society man, in fact. Uh, the person who put a, that together was on church society Anglican. council for a while. So, Well, yeah. there we are. So, but that's tremendous. It's a collection of prayers which is culled from the Puritans. And to, they're, they're great. They're only a couple of pages long, very big prints, not that many words really. But to pray through those slowly and meaningfully, because my problem is as I'll, re, I'll go off onto a prayer at sort of three times speed and I'll just almost pray without thinking. So to slow mm. myself down, that's great. The other one, I mean... I, I was in Baptist ministry. I did train as a Baptist minister. And therefore, uh, it's required of me that I have a deep love for Spurgeon. But oh, of the course. Baptist, of course. The, the Baptist uh, pattern, which I, I well, you know, I still think there's a lot to be said for it, is that you there's an opening pastoral prayer that you pray at the beginning of the service. It's extempore. You may have prepared it in advance, but you're praying it extempore. You just kind of open your mouth and launch off and hope something comes. And uh, there's a collection, again, Banner Do It, Banner of Truth Do It, uh, The Pastor in Prayer, which Mm. is a collection of Spurgeon's opening prayers that were captured, I think, by the stenographers. So it's it's listening to somebody else pray. There's a a load of prayers of John Knox, which I've just remembered, looking at my bookcase and I can't find them. Yes, which Reformation Heritage books do. And they're just quite interesting i like knox he's direct they're they're quite interesting just to hear these other people pray because it's hearing a the voice of a christian from another era 
And it kind of challenges the assumptions about prayer that have grown up in our own time. So I find those useful. He's a bit fiery and Scottish as well, isn't he? So that'll get you warmed up, which was my question. Uh, If I was to recommend a book about prayer, it would probably be Don Carson's book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation, from which I learned that if you don't plan to pray, you won't pray. Um, is what something he said in that, which is not quite true. I do pray even if I haven't planned it in, but actually I do find it uh, helpful to plan things in to my diary Mm. like that. But also he goes through the prayers of Paul in the New Testament and uh, theologically and pastorally expounds those prayers, which is a, a great help to sort of fuel what you're praying for, making sure it's a biblical thing to pray for. And I find myself time and time again in my um, my Christian life going back to Paul's prayers in the things that I pray now for people. And I learned that really from reading that book by D.A. Carson. By the way, listeners, we'll put all of the uh, we'll put links to all of these books and resources in the the notes for the podcast um, afterwards. If you want to chase them up, a book of prayers which I found useful is not not the, not just the Valley of Vision, but a new book uh, by my friend Jonathan Gibson, Johnny Gibson, which is called "Be Thou My Vision: A Liturgy for Daily uh-huh. Worship." Uh, Johnny's a, a Presbyterian. Uh, working in the States at the moment, and uh, he's discovered this idea, this Presbyterian friend, this idea that you can have a book with prayers and uh, a creed and a confession uh, and things like that and some liturgical prayers. Um, One good thing, one interesting thing that's distinctive about this is he also includes in his sort of daily office not only prayers from people like John Calvin and others, but also a time in each daily sort of section Uh, to read something from a catechism or a confession, um, which is really good. And they're reprinted in the back Mm. of the book. So the book has the Heidelberg Catechism and the Westminster Shorter Catechism as Appendix 2. And he sort of suggests that you read a section or something from each of those um, during the day. And at the back, there's also the um, Robert Murray McShane uh, Bible reading plan, if you want to follow that. And lots of prayers... um, for each Sunday of the year, which look and sound very much like the ones in our Book of Common Prayer. Uh, So it's like a Presbyterian discovering this idea. (laughs) But it's very good and very helpful and just fresh out if you wanted to have that. And even better, of course, it has three different coloured silk ribbons to help you find your place in it. How about that? (laughs) Properly prayerful. I heard one, I'm trying to desperately try to remember who it was now, but I heard a, a, a Scottish theologian, Presbyterian theologian, saying that he was of the opinion that the reason why the Book of Common Prayer went down like a lead balloon in Scotland wasn't so much the contents of the Book of Common Prayer, though there may be questions over some little bits there, but was more the fact that it was being imposed by Lord uh, and the way, yes. the manner in which they were trying to make it compulsory. But actually, that this chap was trying to argue that Presbyterians should not be scared of the Book of Common Prayer, that yes. it wasn't the content so much as the manner that... Uh, Great Jenny Geddes his stool and great stories. Throwing great the stool at that, the preacher, uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. Great riots well, when it was introduced. It'd be good. It'd be good to finish our time together reading something from the Bible and praying. So I I've got here a, a little brief reading from Philippians and uh today's collect. Why don't we why don't we close by uh reading that? Um Philippians chapter 4, teach us to pray, Lord. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the collect for today as we're recording on Friday the 18th of February. Almighty God, who alone can bring order to the unruly wills and passions of sinful humanity, give your people grace so to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Church Society podcast. You can find the whole podcast archive on our website, churchsociety.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app. And we'd love it if you are able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm.